Alright everybody, it's finally happened. The Metal Hand of God podcast has finally got an online merch store. It's located at tpublic.com. That's right, tpublic, T-E-E, public.com. Go there, to their website, type in M-H-O-G, and a variety of art designs will pop up where you can put them on t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, Pandemic masks. That's right. We also have pandemic masks. The new fashion accessory for the year 2020 into 2021. We have wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, pins, you name it. Hey, you want stickers? Magnets? How about a phone case? That's right. You can get an MHOG phone case just by going to tpublic.com. A variety of sizes and colors, and the quality is Hands down, the best you're going to find. That's right, MHOG Merch Store at tpublic.com. You're part of the family. Might as well really be part of the family and grab yourself an MHOG tea at tpublic.com. Thanks for listening to the MHOG Podcast, and for all your support through the years, We want to see those t-shirts outside, so go to TeePublic, order your MHOG merch today. TeePublic.com Welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and with me today is the ever hungover. Josh, a.k.a. Jab Leon. <laughs> and we have an incredible guest today, magician Michael Tricks. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? How are you? You're good, man. All right. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome, dude. Thanks for doing the show. You know, it's, yeah, it's really cool. I know, I know it's kind of odd for a magician to do a audio show so no one can actually see you do anything but that's okay we've had yeah, ma- we've had magicians oh, no. on before we, we can have a, we, we can have a perform on the other end and we could just go oh my god <laughs> you wow should, I, you, this you guys is should. so incredible like you know I'll just, just, I'll have just the tell audience. you how great i am yeah that was yeah. awesome you should have seen it yeah yeah yeah, yeah you guys should be watching this man <laughs> trust, guys trust, me, out. Card. trust me that's your card <laughs> 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 so uh let everybody know uh i know i already told them who you are but let them know what you guys what you actually do and where you're from and stuff like that real quick 
All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, but I now live and perform full time down in the Florida Keys. Um, but I was a bass player in rock bands back in the '80s and the late '90s. I mean, the late '80s and early '90s, and then uh, I got into magic. Um, we'll tell that story in a little bit. But I became a magician, and now I just uh, crank like '80s metal tunes and do my my uh, my magic show for people. I work six nights a week. I've been doing that for 21 years down here in the Keys, and it's uh, it's a rock and roll magic show. Lots of birds, fire, floating shit, all the cool stuff. That's visual. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, my, my, actually, my boss is a magician too, and uh, um, I I am actually his assistant. Uh, when, uh-huh. when he does the small, yeah, he does like a parlor show out here in uh, New Orleans, uh-huh. and um, actually, he's going to the Keys um, next month. So I'm gonna actually right. have him look you guys you up, and he knows you. He's met you at some of the conventions before. All uh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have him go and uh, look up your show, man, and have you come maybe come out there and watch you guys. Yeah, man, awesome. Sorry, man. So you're in the, you're in the keys, like we've already yeah. said, and I'm in, uh, I'm in the upper keys. So when your boss comes down, if he's yeah. just going to Key West, it's a little ways away. I'm in Key Largo and Alamorada, which is you know 80, 90 miles from Key West. It's gotcha. the upper keys. So gotcha. I'm not really yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure. I think he's yeah, I think he's just going to Key West. I'm not really sure though. Yeah. You know, you know how those bosses are, man. They they kind of like yeah, we're gonna take a vacation whenever we want to and do whatever we want. So you know. All right. And I keep warning him about that. It's like, you got to watch out, man. You know, there is this thing called a pandemic going on right now, you know? Yeah. And, and you might well, bring that shit back to us. <laughs> it, it's true, especially traveling the airports and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's one thing that made it a little easier for us down here in the Keys. All my shows are outside, so it was easier for us to social distance and open air, you know. So we kind of got back. We are like, the last to shut down and, like, some of the first to reopen, so... Um, I'm pretty lucky that way. We just you know, took out half the tables, six feet apart, masks on if you're standing up, you know. That's really um, cool. I... So, yeah, I was pretty lucky. I mean, there's magicians, you know. Well, Emmy and the has been out of work for, what, nine, ten my year now, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was only out of work for 50 days. So uh, You yeah. lucked out, man. You lucked out, man. Yeah, uh, man, we got back to it pretty quick. We were lucky, too. We had, a, actually, we had an actual outbreak out of my work, and um, three of us had it. Uh, myself included, and oh, yeah? um, it it only uh, I was only out of work for probably about three weeks personally, right. but but the the right. clinic itself only closed for a week, right? You know, but luckily I was only out for that long. I I know like other people are suffering. Like Josh, you know, he's been going through a bunch of crap with his job, and you know it's just been yeah. A, it's been a, I'm gonna be the last one to open. I I work at a upscale gentleman's club. Uh huh. I'm a DJ there, so like, uh, I mean, of course, you know, titties are going to be the main major spread of COVID, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that our strip club here you now they have plexiglass up around the stage, and it's like, man, that's kind of lame too. But you know, everyone's going to do what they got to do for now. But we should do that. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure the girls wouldn't mind smearing their ass up against that thing. Yeah. I mean, there'd be there'd be more of a reason to clean it than COVID if they're doing that. But you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those smudge marks, Tiffany. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, man, all right. So, you were gonna tell us how you got into magic, man? Yeah. Well, I had moved from Cape Cod to Sarasota, Florida, um, and I was just kind of looking for a band. You know, I was a bass player, had all my stuff, and was doing like open jam kind of things, just looking for bandmates. And uh, got off stage one night, and this guy walked up to me and 
showed me he had no sleeves on, he, nothing in his hands. He borrowed my lit burning cigarette at the time. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, but at the time I did. He took the burning cigarette, shoved it down into his closed fist, and squeezed a bunch of smoke out of it. And when he opened his hand, the cigarette was gone, man. There was no burn, no ash, no filter, nothing. It was gone. And this was the very first magic trick I'd ever seen in my whole life at 25 years old, and it just totally blew me away. So I bugged this guy all night long. He, Dude, you got to teach me how to do this trick. Look, I don't want to be a magician. I'm a bass player. I just smoke a lot, and I just got to learn this trick. And he finally got sick of me and gave in and charged me 40 bucks. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he taught me how to do it, and uh, we became friends, and he brought me to a magic shop the next day in Bradenton, Florida, and I fell in love with magic, and two weeks later, I gave up playing music. I sold my bass, my amp, my sis. I sold everything, and started buying books and videotapes on magic to teach myself this, and went right to it, man. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, shortly after that, I was moved back home to Cape Cod and was doing some street performing and table hopping at restaurants, and a comedy club opened up, and I was working there, and Budweiser saw me, and I got picked up by them and sponsored by Budweiser for two years doing promos on the Cape and in Boston and um, lots of shows for them for those two years. And then uh, moved back to Florida, Cape Coral, and uh, with a friend and came to the Keys to visit a buddy of mine that was bartending here at a place called the Lorelei. And uh, as soon as I pulled into town, he told the GM to get me on stage and I did 10 minutes, walked off stage. The guy gave me 100 bucks, said, come back whenever you want. And I've been working at that place, Lorelei, three nights a week for 21 years now. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so then I do Lorelei Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm at a place called Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill in Key Largo. Uh, I'm just doing Thursdays there now, but I used to do Tuesdays and Thursdays. And a place called Gilbert's Resort in uh, Key Largo, where I'm at every Saturday night. And that's where I was last night. That's really awesome. How'd the show go last night, by the way? It, it was good, man. It's just been, We have a little bit of a lull here right now. Between um, The week between Christmas and New Year's is our busiest week of the year, for whatever reason. Just, we call it Hell Week. It's a crazy busy week, and it was no exception this year. And um, then we slow down just a little bit now until like Valentine's Day, and then the season kicks in all through February, March, April, May, June. It just rocks crazy. So That's I'll be cool. balls to the wall again soon. Yeah. So all right, man. So you're into you're into metal, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm an 80, 80s metal guy. So like, what 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 would be your key band, man? I'm just out of curiosity. Like we we you know like what is your uh, not your favorite because right. I can't you, um, a guy who's into music can't really say they're they have a favorite band. I mean, really, yeah. we all well, like we'll, all kind of shit. We'll, so. we'll go through some of them. If I have to name one, anyone who knows me, if you ask anybody who knows me, what's what's Michael's favorite band? They're gonna say Motley Crue. I took the name Michael Tricks with the two X's from Nikki Six. He's my idol, and um, so they would say that. But you know, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Kiss, Cinderella, Poison. I like all those big '80s bands, but I'm really a fan of like the kind of made it but not so made it big bands like fast the pussycat la nice, guns yeah kicks i love kicks junkyard um yeah wow. well so. i haven't heard the name junkyard in forever man that's fucking cool yeah them i love kicks i listen to a lot of kicks and fast the pussycat um but yeah man um i don't get to play much of that in my show because I try to pick songs that whether people are into rock or not, they've heard the songs, you know, rock and roll all night, party every day. Right. You know, uh, flying high again, uh, draw the line, um, nothing but a good time. 
um, just you know, um, just just stuff that people actually have heard. You know, like on the radios and things yeah, like that. Yeah, come on, feel the noise. And, you know, just rock anthem songs that people know. Which you I, know, which I had no fucking clue that song was a goddamn cover. Did John yeah, know that? Played, played song, yeah. Which what one? The- Fuck. Come, Come on, on feel, feel the noise. noise. I had no idea. I still don't. Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. European band called Slade. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. Wow, man. Uh, that, that goes to show you, man. I, didn't, I had no clue. I mean, there's a few songs. Like, um, well, Metallica did a bunch. Like, uh, what was it? Um, God damn it. What was Metallica's what? cover that was T- famous? Turn the page. No, not that one. I mean, I knew that, but I meant like whiskey in the jar. No, no. whiskey in the jar is one. Um, no. not for, it's it's actually uh-huh. it's an older. It's I can't oh. remember. It's one from their older, oh, or, their or, earlier stuff. Yeah, like I think it was on oh. like the Creeping Death EP or some shit like that. Oh wow. Um, but uh, it, it's actually one of their popular songs, but it really is a cover, and I can't remember who who the fuck it was from. Uh, I'm, it's killing me right now, but uh. Whatever. <laughs> they made money off well, of it. You could do what you normally do. Keep talking. I'll Google that Google. right Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just keep talking and you Google. That'd be great. I, I, I was just on it, but I'll let you do it since I'm talking to <laughs> So out of any of these uh these bands, man, uh what was your favorite concert you've gone to? I'm sure you've I'm sure you've seen all of them. I have. Um I I have some good memories of stuff, but probably when I I've seen Motley Crue a ton of times, but when I got to go backstage, meet them, and do some magic for them was probably a highlight. That's fucking cool. Yeah. um, I also, I graduated high school in 1988, and I had written in my high school yearbook for my ambition in life to meet and party with Motley Crue. And and I brought my yearbook and had them all sign it. No, dude, uh, that's super cool. And then, then, so this is now is like uh, 97 or, or so. And uh, then in 1998, I got hired or asked to perform at my 10-year high school reunion, and you know, for all the people I went to school with and just whatever. But uh, so I do the show. I get the big sign behind me. Budweiser presents the magic of Michael Tricks, and I do my whole show, and I end the show uh, holding up my yearbook, going, "Who else did what they wrote for their ambition life in their yearbook?" Held mine up, signed by Motley Crue. Threw the book down and walked out. And uh, <laughs> we went out to the parking lot, did a couple of oneies, and came back in, and just you know everyone loved it, high fives and autographs, and that's so I, cool. it's a cool story, yeah. That is great, man. I mean, hey, look, you got to do what you wrote in your high school book, man. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Not, um, not so yeah, it's that. cool meeting them, and um, you know I've been backstage with LA Guns, and um, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, it's I, am- open, I opened for when Slash uh, first left Guns N' Roses, and he had Slash's Snake Pit. Yeah. Uh, when they came to Cape Cod, they hired me to perform opening for his band. So I got to spend the day in the radio uh, studio with Slash, doing his interviews and stuff all nice. day. Hung out with him all day and opened for him that night and hung, hanging out backstage and oh, stuff. Man. And what a really cool guy he was. That is very cool, man. Like I, yeah. I, I got to see, I saw Guns N' Roses when they were on the Metallica Guns N' Roses and Faith the More tour. I saw that one. That, that was incredible. That was the only time I ever got to see Guns N' Roses. Um, yeah. And he actually the only time I ever got to see Faith No More, which, which really sucked because I really like those guys. Yeah, um, and uh, and I never, I've never gotten the chance to see Motley Crue. Never. And I, yeah. and I always say this is, is I don't want to see them now, though. 
Like, you know, if they toured again or whatever, I don't want to see well, them they, now. they still, this one just got postponed, so I got tickets for it when it does come back around. But, yeah, yeah you wanted to see, like, I Shout want... the Devil when they were yeah, yeah, I wanted to face falling off the stage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I wish I could have seen them for the good old days, man. You know, when it was like, they didn't give a fuck uh, about just nothing. Just to see them, like, at the whiskey even yeah. before they hit it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's cool to get to see them, but it's like, it's not the same, you know? It's like, nah, you know, it's like everybody... Um, when you, when, I don't know, I've seen the, the band I've seen the most, uh, I think of all time is probably Guar. I've seen them like almost 13 times. Uh-huh. And the first time I saw them was in 88. And, right. um, yeah, it's a big fucking difference from when I first saw them to now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all like 50 or they're older or whatever. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, and they're all nice guys. I mean, they've been on our show. We've talked, you know. Cool. Yeah, you know, I've hung out with them at conventions and things like that, and they're really good people. It's just, you know, it you can tell the difference in the music styles now. You know, it's like it. It's not that it slows down. It's just that the show's a little different. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just... Well, I've been from back when like all every band was better when they were hungry. You know, when yes. they wanted it. Like Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Forget it, man. They destroyed everybody. They, you know. They're still awesome live, but when they were like wanting it bad, hungry, yeah. starving, I love that dirt, but just hungry, you know. I love well, it's, it. It's it's like any saying, like um, like because I've been in bands before plenty of times, and and so is Josh. It's like you spend most of your life writing that first record. Yeah, and then once you get where you think you want to be, and the record label gets a hold of you, um then you have to write the next record. When they're forced, it's not the same as when you're writing about what you know and where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's what loses people. And I think that's what loses their, you know, like that's what happened to Metallica, in my opinion. You know, like they got got up to that point. Even Motley Crue, I think Too Fast for Love still, the Shot of the Devil is great, but uh, Too Fast for Love, I still think is the best one. Oh, yeah. their, Their first album's awesome. You know, everyone's first, I think, is probably their best. Like you said, they had their whole life to write it. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know. I mean, like some of those records are are gonna be, I mean, they're they're classics. Period. They're done. You know, they're they're like. Uh, Appetite for Destruction will always be in the top oh. ten of, of debut albums ever. You know. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Josh, did you find it? Dude, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> there is there is only. Three extended plays on Wikipedia, okay? Okay, what says, you got? It says, Garage Days Revisited, Some Kind of Monster, and Beyond Magnetic, which are nothing around the uh, Ride the Lightning era, which is like back when I was born, you, 1984. You, you have to look at the Garage Days. What's on the Garage Days? Because that's the one that has most, uh, most of that is covers. Yeah, it is nothing but covers, exactly. So you got, hold on, I'll read them off to you. You got Helpless, The Small Hours, The Weight, Crash, Course in brain surgery and last caress slash green hell. Uh, it's crash course in brain surgery is the one I was thinking of. Okay, I've never heard that song from them, so I, I guarantee you you've heard. I've guarantee you've heard that song. I don't, I don't know the original or the cover, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's you're, it's popular with the I guess Metallica fans because it was because it was like um, that was the lightning era, I believe. Oh, okay, I got you. I mean, I like Metallica. Don't get me wrong, like especially back in the Gap, but I mean. When it came down to Metallica and Slayer and shit like that, I was, I was more into like, 
I don't know. I guess I grew up on corn. I'm I'm younger than both yeah. of you guys. I'm at. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I grew up on shit like corn and stained and all that. I tell you and what, man. Slipknot. I tell you, I I, I did see. I, I do remember seeing bands like those, like Corn and Slipknot and uh, a few other a few other bands. But I remember seeing. I've seen a few of those guys as opening acts. You know, like I yeah. I got to see Corn open up for of all bands, Bad Religion. You know, and I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, what? It, was, it was at Tipitina's, man. Corn opened up for Bad Religion. Wow. They got booed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, dude, they're they're opening up for a punk band. You know, it's like yeah. that's not that's kind of silly. Well, yeah. that's like that's like when I went to go see fucking Slayer. They had some alt rock band open up, and they were yeah. like, "Look," they immediately were like, "Look, I'm so sorry, guys. We don't know how the hell this happened. We're on the show. We're just gonna play it and do our best." That was the Jägermeister yeah. tour at at House of Blues, wasn't it? Yes. Were you there? I was there. Yeah. It was. It was. Dude, I felt so bad for them because it was Slayer was the headliner, and I think was that the one was that the Slayer that Killswitch played with them? Yes. Yeah. Killswitch, uh, and I want to say Mastodon too. Yeah, it was. It was whatever flower hunting band that opened that got shit thrown at them. <laughs> yeah. Um It was them. It was then uh, Mastodon came on. No, then Killswitch came on, then Mastodon, then Slayer. And I'm going, are y'all fucking stupid? Why did you put this band in there? It was because they were local and they were on the Jägermeister label, like sponsored by the Jägermeister. Uh, So that's how they got They won the opening spot. Still, you got to play to the crowd that's going to be there, though, you know. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was, are y'all dumb? These guys are going to get mauled. Kill them. Yes. Right. Well, that's kind of like what with Mike Cozy from uh, Anchor Farm. He was in a band called Armsman Back, and he he was doing, like, uh, shows and shit, you know, especially after being signed. Um, they, he got put on a grindcore show. He said, Jesus. and he goes, dude. He goes, there's no way we can play our music. So they improvised grindcore the entire fucking set, and people loved it. And people That's were like, amazing. oh my god, we want to hear your shit. And he goes, dude, we sound nothing like this. <laughs> like nothing, <laughs> nothing like this. We just did it just for y'all. Yeah, right. yeah. We were. Uh, I was talking. I've been talking to uh, uh, Bobby from Paranoids uh, Magazine and and the Hanging, and I've always talked to him about doing a. Uh, a grindcore act called Hatchet Wound, and just just being stupid, not writing any kind of lyrics at all, just getting up there and making a bunch of noise. And yeah, uh, it's like all grindcore. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I wanted to do it like just to set it up, like we're from a different country, and just be stupid about it. That uh, was great, but we never did it. We never did it, unfortunately. Like most grindcore projects. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they, they die within the thoughts. They show never, up and they're like, action. and then we and then we realize, man, that was dumb. Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so I was wondering, uh, Michael. There's an uh, important question I have to ask you. Uh, is there any possible way you can make my depression disappear? Oh, man. <laughs> there's a lot of that going around this past year. Well, tough. shit. You know, I was hoping, man. I was hoping you're gonna be like, you know, Copperfield, fucking like level with this for me. So, All right. It was worth a shot, man. It's okay. Yeah, man. Nice try. <laughs> I'm a magician, not a miracle worker. <laughs> Uh, who who are your biggest influences in magi- uh, magic, man? I'm just curious. Like, I know my bosses and stuff, and all those people that yeah, he's talked uh, about. Well, uh, most of the studying I've done in person is with a guy named Jeff McBride. Wow, who, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, he has a magic school out in Vegas, but we've become friends over the years, and we still Skype a lot and stuff. And uh, 
so him and like Dan Sperry, he's kind of a goth. Uh, nice, yeah. Dove back position. He's big from uh, America's Got Talent and stuff. I actually got to see uh, him live. Um, when was this? Not that long ago. They were doing a tour with uh, like a bunch of the, other... the Illusionists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I got to see. Yeah, I got to see yeah. that. That was really cool. My boss and I went. It was a very cool show. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, there's a nice variety of uh, magicians yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, I loved Lance Burton's show he had in Vegas forever. He's retired now, but uh, being I do a lot of birds, so being a dove guy, um, Lance was the best. So, Lance Burton, uh, of course, you know Copperfield, yeah. uh, and uh, everyone always, you know, everyone's always asking me, well, "What do you think of David Blaine and Chris Angel?" I like them both. You know, they're out there doing it, keeping magic alive, and. Um, you know, if people are talking about magic, my phone rings, so it's good. Yeah, you know, I just <laughs> a lot of people give um, uh, what's his face, not Chris like, Angel, Chris Angel, shit, man. M most but, of it's jealousy, you know. But you know, uh, in all honesty, I I'll, I'll be, I'll be, you know, like I mean, yeah, I've seen some of the stuff he's done, and and yeah, some of the stuff I mean, he may have stole from someone who, you know, I don't, you know, I don't. He he definitely has, and you know, his TV show that yes, he used stooges, you know, people right. faking acting, whatever. But and and yes, it's true that uh, most of it was his team coming up with that stuff. But when you have a TV show every week and you need material, you can't expect to do it all yourself. So right, yeah, he's got right. an awesome team behind him, and um, you know his show wasn't great when it first started in Vegas, but it's come a long way, and here it's absolutely great now. So right, and and yeah, man. If it wasn't for him, I'll I'll be honest, man. If it wasn't for him, most people wouldn't give a shit about Magic right now. Yeah, because I mean, he had that TV show come out at the right time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, David Blaine's Street Magic specials made Street Magic a whole thing, in which it never was before. Right. So right. Th those two guys have definitely uh, given Magic uh, real life. You know that it. Yeah. Is, uh, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it, they put it in the spotlight again. You know, yeah, it was just kind of like it was out for a long time after Copperfield disappeared from doing his specials, and no one really, you know. Everybody was yeah. like, uh, like him and Doug Henning were for years like the one, the guys that I watched on TV because it's like, ooh, they're out, you know, like this is cool. Yeah, yeah, they had the specials all the time. Yeah. Um, and now, now even on TV, you know, we got um, Penn and Teller Fool Us, right. Masters of Illusion. So there's a couple TV shows keeping it going in people's homes at least. And yeah, man, it's good. You know, I really dig Penn and Teller stuff. I like that, that sideshow kind of you know yeah. act that they do. Yeah. One of my Con favorite, one, yeah, one of my favorite magicians was. Um, uh, Harry Anderson, uh huh. Um, and uh, I've got I got to see his show here in New Orleans when he had his own place out here, and we got to hang out with him. Super super nice man, and yeah. he was, you know, a lot of people don't know that Harry Anderson was the guy who he lived that lifestyle. He was part of the circus. He did do all that stuff before he was a oh yeah a he famous a, actor. He, you know, he was a major street performer back in the day, and uh, he taught Amazing Jonathan how to work the streets and. Uh, yeah, he was a big guy um, on the streets, you know, street performing um, before night court and all that, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah man. man. And and unfortunately, I wish you would have taught uh, Amazing Jonathan to stay away from the, the drugs. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that poor guy. Yeah, yeah but, it, you know, he admits that he said he wouldn't do anything different, you know. Right, you know? yeah. He said uh, half the, you know, his career wouldn't have been what it was without it. So yeah, I got, his, you I, know, I got to honest see, about it. Yeah, I know. I got to see his uh, what is it? His documentary. It was really, it was really good. I don't know if you, yeah, there I don't was know if you two of them it. came out at the same time. Uh, they were both pretty good. But yeah, uh, he talks pretty openly about it. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. Yeah. Um. So do, do you uh, 
do you watch any of the stuff like the Fula stuff or anything like that? Have you ever been on? Uh, have you ever been oh, on yeah. it? I haven't been on it yet. I mean, I did America's Got Talent, but the magic shows. Um, I've been trying for a couple of years, uh, talking with the people of Fool Us, and oh, okay. um, I haven't been on yet. I haven't uh, gone out to the auditions or taping or yeah. anything yet. I know I know a lot of guys that go out and do the taping, and it doesn't even air. You know, they film more than they need, obviously, for stuff. But so. Um, uh, eventually, you know, uh, I'll probably get on there. They've been cool. they're looking at a couple of my routines, trying to decide which one they liked, and then one of them was with a Beastie Boys song, and nice. getting the rights for it on TV, and you know, there's just a lot of stuff that goes with it too. So right, so. oh yeah, yeah. My bo- my boss actually went out to Vegas and did the tryouts, and uh, yeah. they, they were he had a callback, but then that's when the outbreak hit, and then they stopped doing anything. So right, yeah. So. Eh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're doing it. I mean, it's all back on again now with the socially Dave, sh- uh, you know, show they have people doing it on screen. Yeah, or, I saw or that Zoom or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and people are trying still. It's all good. You know, a lot of magicians are in the Zoom world now. That's the only shows they're doing. And, yeah, I noticed that. I've done a couple of them, but man, I'm so lucky to be back. I'm just I'm a live performer. I need the audience there. You know, being here in my little studio room just. You know, in front of the camera doing it for nobody, even though the people are, you know, there. And they seem to enjoy it. Just it's, it's a lot different than performing live. Right. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same feel. You know what I mean? Like, I, I for bands and stuff, I've watched bands do stuff live and I'm I, on, on the Zoom stuff. And I don't know. I just, I, I can't yeah. see, uh, and this is no offense to anybody who is doing Zoom shows or anything like that, but I can't see paying. $25 to watch somebody on my computer. You know what I mean? Like, uh, right. I you like just go to YouTube and watch their videos anyway. So, <laughs> no. unless they're making it interactive, which a lot of the magicians are, so to right. make it personable for the people hiring you or paying for a ticket. Otherwise, just go watch my videos on YouTube. You know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. So, you got to make it interactive, at least. And with magic, that's kind of cool because you can make the magic happen in their home with some stuff. And a lot of guys have been really inventive uh, during this. Uh, you know, through the screen oh, yeah. thing, all we got is that, you know, it's a flat surface and in and out of frame, that little box, that's all you got. So um, they've been pretty creative with Magic uh, for over the over the computer recently. Ugh. Pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's cool that everybody is, you know, able to um, keep going, you know, keeping everything alive, basically. Yeah, man, you know, everyone's at least, you know, survivors, you know, you got to find a way to pay the, pay the bills. <laughs> that's you know, it, to, dude because everything else goes away the bills don't you know exactly exactly so um you have uh any other interests besides magic man um like magic and music and most of my time doing now taking cleaning bird cages and getting ready for my shows but you know i mean if i have time off uh i take my my bike and my motorcycle out for a ride up and down the keys it's beautiful here though just the scenery it's all on the water you know um snorkeling uh, i got into diving for a little bit but i haven't done that in quite a while oh, that's cool um well yeah man just uh mostly magic it's yeah. been all my time yeah. doing these days yeah 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 my uh my my boss is actually uh, a veterinarian and uh i'm just curious uh how many birds do you have <laughs> Well, there's 10 birds in my show every night, but I have 24. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I rotate them so they get days off because I work almost every day, you know. Well, that's good. But, um, yeah, mostly doves, a couple pigeons, a couple parakeets. And, uh, that's cool. Yep. 
Yeah, man. Uh, that's cool, man. Like I, I've I've yet to see too much, uh, too many people use birds, and and I've seen yeah, rabbit. Yeah, it, it's not as popular uh, as it was back then. Just because yeah. I don't know, people don't want to take the time to do it, or you know, they're all doing YouTube videos instead of live shows or whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, the generation's kind of kind of fading out of dove guys. Plus, it's getting harder to travel with animals. It's a pain in the ass if you're flying anywhere now. And, right. Um. So yeah, but. That's good for me that there's not so many people doing it because if people want a dove act, you know, I'm one of the few they can get. So right, yeah. I mean, it's it's your, yeah, you're pretty much one of the only guys that I've actually heard of that's still using doves, man. I mean, I know the bigger acts use them sometimes, but yeah, there's a few of us uh, out there still doing it. But yeah, that's that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, like uh, I remember, um, what was it? Uh, was it the Prestige, the movie? Uh, yeah, with with, yeah. The, with the smash cages and stuff. Yeah, the little kid goes, "What about the other one?" <laughs> like, yeah, and you know, and that's uh, I imagine back in the day that that's what they did. You know, probably. But, yeah, but these days, man, you can't even make a joke about uh, hurting animals. You know? Oh, so I know. You gotta, you gotta be really cool, you know, with them. And plus, you know, my birds gotta trust me to do what I do. So they're they're not just part of my show. They're not props. They're my pets. You know. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. So uh, what else? Uh. What else you got coming down the line? Anything, anything big coming up, or are you guys? Uh, well, as you know, things were before the pandemic. I was starting to do a lot of the magic conventions and lecturing a lot. You know, teaching uh, some stuff and talking to other magicians, but performing at the gala shows, and which I like because I've always been kind of an outside guy, and it's nice to get in a you know a nice big theater, a big stage, or with you know real lighting, and you know just the whole thing. Just the way I've always done, I always do my own light, sound, everything because I'm I'm out here. The places I work at, it's not really, it's not street performing because, you know, it's a restaurant, there's band playing, people are eating dinner, the sun goes down, I do my 40-minute show, and then the band comes back on, and I pack up for a couple more hours and go home, but, um, so it's always just been outside, so it's nice when I get to work inside, and um, I do a few comedy clubs and stuff, but my, and I usually tour, I do the 10 months down here, and then I tour, go on tour for two months, but that all got canceled this year because of the pandemic, except for the comedy club in Ohio. I still went up there and did that because they were open still. But so hopefully um, when this is over, more touring, more magic conventions, um, more theaters, stuff like that. Oh, that's great, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I'm kind of curious. Whenever you went to the comedy club, did you uh, did you perform with other magicians or comedians? Uh, I, I headlined the show and they have... Um, you know that it's it's comedians. So there's an MC, an opener guy, and like right. a middle, or you know, a middle, uh, and then I headline the show. So, but yeah, it's comedy. Oh my god, that that had okay. As a former comedian, yeah. that had to have been an interesting show to put on because a lot of them are very weird about other performers coming in that aren't even uh, part of stand. That's super cool of them, by the way. Not all of them are, are, are pretentious assholes, but. Um, but it's really cool for them to allow you on the show because uh, I know I have a friend of mine who actually does like music. He does comedy music. Like it's he'll go up there yeah, with his even guitar a guitar. And... Any prop comic, they shit on him. I know what you mean. You know, yeah. you know, if you're not funny, you're not funny. Well, you know, um... like I'm still motherfucking funny. Like you know, like let let the man have his fucking do. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if you think I I don't know. You know, I, I don't do any regular stand-up, and I've always said stand-up comedy is one of the hardest things in the world. People pay money and sit there pissed off, go and make me laugh. So you got, I mean, to die and get back up there and die and keep trying, it's one of the hardest things to do day after day, doing the open mics in the beginning and stuff. It's hard, man. But, um, 
five days but, of the week I did that, and I hosted my own. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was, tough, man. You have good days and bad ones, and it's the bad ones that uh, builds you, and you know how you bounce back from them. So, but no, I started out, you know, opening for some comics and stuff, and when I first started doing comedy clubs, and they would always ask if they could go on before me, um, just because of the way my show is. It's so high energy and. You know, eye candy, and it's hard to settle people down to, all right, stop, or everyone calm down. I'm going to tell some jokes now. Listen, you know, when I'm cranking tunes, rocking out, birds, fire, folks, you know. <laughs> right, and, yeah. You know, right, I'm going to tell some jokes now. Everybody calm down. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it can be tough. Some of the bigger ones, never minded, but a lot of, even some of the big names have asked to, uh, they could just go on before me, even though they're the headliner. So it's a crazy eye candy act to follow, you know. It's, <laughs> Well, they well they go through like a whole like like a atmospheric setting and everything when they do it. Like they, uh, whenever we had to set up, I had to darken the entire because I did it out of Arcadia. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that's local or, or national or not, but it's like a, a bar, uh, restaurant mixed in with like a bunch of arcade games and shit. And well, we had to shut off the completely other side of the room, uh, like close all the fucking shutters, let them know we're doing a comedy show, cut off all the TVs, dim all the lights. Like it's we. Uh-huh. Dude, comedians have to have like a very special treatment, and it's yeah. and of course you know you walking in there too. It's like you know, like you said, you got everything to fucking blow up to shine, and whatever else, and they're just going, okay, well, you know, here's yeah. my next joke. You know, right. I'm, ho- I'm hoping <laughs> well, this doesn't bomb. I envy them too because usually they're just walking in with a, a notepad and a tape recorder. Where uh, it takes me two and a half hours to set up my show. So, and when they're done, they walk up stage and walk out the door. I'm there another two hours packing up afterwards. So, I envy them for that. You know. So, do, so, do you use any um, assistance or anything, or is it just you? Um, it, it depends. Like if I'm doing a big show in the theater, my wife will help. You know, just coming out and getting birds and stuff. I don't do any big illusions or anything. Gotcha. It's still just my same act, but. And, you know, audience participation, if I'm in the comedy clubs, you know, I use people for stuff up, you know, even at my shows here in the Keys. I've cut out most of the audience participation right now because of social distancing. But right. um, there's a cu- couple of things I can still do where the kids are far enough, stay far enough away and can help out in the show. That's cool. Um, or adults, not necessarily kids. but Yeah, because I know uh, uh, when we set up, it takes us like an hour and a half to set up and an hour and a yeah. half to break down. But we, we bring our own curtains, our own lighting, our own sound, everything, you know, like right. we don't, you know, well, cause we knew it in like, uh, like the last couple shows we put on were at, at hotels, you know, using yeah, their, like, if I'm doing stuff. something like that, where it's a room or a private party, whatever, I'll bring, you know, backdrops, just trying to make right. it like a state setting. Even if there's not a lot of times it's just an empty banquet room and it can be pretty boring. So you got to try yeah. and give it some feel, you know, I got, and I got to have something to hide behind so I can, uh, it, run run all i run all the lights and sound basically and then sometimes i'll bring out a prop or two for him you know like i push it out for him and stuff like that but right yeah but you know i run all the music and 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 all that stuff and it can be tedious you know uh you know moving all that stuff but you know it's it's worth it it's fun yeah yeah i love it every minute of every night i love it on stage no matter how i feel once my music starts and my show starts i'm on i love it Right, it's a different feeling in the world, man. Like you can walk out and uh, be completely, quote unquote, somebody else. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a nice little escape and just uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. It's nothing like it. Yeah. So uh, you got some shows coming up. Like uh, you, you want to be doing something this week? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm at, like I said, my five nights a week right now. So uh, Laurel, I'm off Sundays and Tuesdays, but I work every other night. 
uh, right now. Nice. And nice. anybody gets down to the keys, look me up. You can. Uh, my schedule is always at michaeltricks.com. Spelled two X's, T-R-I-X-X, like Nikki Six. michaeltricks.com. It's got my schedule there. Videos, if you guys listening haven't seen me or know what I do, go check them out. There's some short, just highlight reels or full routines you can check out um, from my website. You can get to my Facebook, my Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. And uh, check me out. All right, guys, you heard it here. Go check out Michael Tricks so, on his website and uh, go check him out on his shows, man. Yeah, man, see me live. One of the few live shows going on right now. Yeah, for real. I mean, if you want something live, now it's time to go see it. I mean, because and when life resumes, I'll be out there touring again too. So keep an eye out. I'll come to your city or your town, and you come see. Dude, me you too. got you got to let us know, man, if you're coming out this way, because I'll definitely yeah, come man. out and see you, man. That'd be fun. Awesome, oh, awesome. And let your boss know to look me up if he like. So the, most people, when they say they're going to the Keys, they're just going to Key West. Or if they say they're going to Key West, they just think the whole Keys is Key West. But there's, right. like, 150, <laughs> there's like 150 Keys. Key West is just one of them. So, but uh, if he's up near me, man, have him say hi and come see the show. I will, dude. I will for sure. Yeah. Um, so, dude, look, thank you again for uh, coming on, doing the show, hanging out with us. Even even though my son is disturbing everything that we're doing right now. I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, hope everyone enjoyed listening to something a little different in, yeah. in the magic world to your show. All right, man. Thank you so much, dude. All right. I was your host, Wayne. And I was the co-host and ever-dying Jabbly home. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to keep it That's it. Get the fuck 